Welcome to the Spectrum Lounge podcast, where we discuss creators of color disrupting the game in TV, film, and pop culture. I am your host, Rebecca Theodore Vachon, and on this episode, I am joined by Robert Young as we do a deep dive into episode four of Falcon and the Winter, Winter Soldier. Take a listen. Hey, Robert. <laughs> Hello. How are Yo, you doing today? I am good. I am just... I, you know what? I joked and I, after we watched episode four, I had said that I really wished that I had thrown some whiskey or bourbon in my morning tea. I really was not ready. I was ready. not prepared at all. Bruh. <laughs> like the they really, that? really went there. They did. And you reminded me too, right? Because remember when we did our <laughs> recap of episode three, one of my critiques was like, for episode three, I mean, I I think there's some good stuff in Falcon and Win- in Winter Soldier. I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, and I do remember saying, you know, if if you're gonna go there, go there. Mm-hmm. I guess they just want to make they just want to show me up. They're like, yeah, we got something for you. <laughs> you had you had valid criticism <laughs> though. I mean, up to that point, you definitely had a valid criticism, but they really right. went there today. Oh my god, I don't even I don't even know where to start. Like, okay, I guess we'll do it chronologically. We'll just talk about like as the episode. Air, you know, as scenes, and we'll just do a deep dive that way. Because I think if I start, I'll just, I'll, I'll be all over the place. Okay, okay, sounds good. So, so at the end of episode three, um, we know that, uh, well, we know that that Bucky, I'm not going to say Sam because he was not part of that. Bucky had broken Zemo out of prison because they needed help uh, contacting or finding the power broker because the power broker would give them access to Carly and the stolen um, super serum. Uh, the super soldier serum that uh, that she had stolen, that she and her comrades mm-hmm. had stolen. So the very end of episode three, we saw the Dora Milaje. We saw Florence Kasumba, uh, who plays Io, where she was just like, "Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. we want, we want, we want him back. He killed our king. He killed the king of Wakanda, and that's not flying. That's not flying right with us." So yeah. Um. So with episode four. I liked how episode four started because it is actually a flashback back in Wakanda, right? What mm-hmm. did, was that four or five like years a cold, ago? They like said? a cold open on Wakanda too, right? Yeah, it was a cold open. So we see Bucky in Wakanda because we remember at the end of Civil War, he had gone under a deep freeze. Uh, he was cryo-frozen by the Wakandas and kind of given ref- refuge there after the reveal that he had killed Tony Stark's parents. And mm-hmm. pretty much he was a wanted criminal. And so Steve and uh, T'Challa had made an agreement that it would be best for Bucky. And Bucky had said that too. He was like, I need to be out of commission until yeah. I'm deprogrammed, until I'm you know out of Hydra's clutches. Um, so yeah, so this uh, flashback, we see uh, Io. And we see uh, we see Bucky and basically uh, I guess it's some sort of it almost looked like a ritual, but it was also a test where I yeah. uh, basically recited the same uh, words, the same trigger words that usually gets Bucky into, you know, murder bot <laughs> into yeah, Winter while, Soldier. <laughs> yeah. While at the same time she had her spear and was prepared for him to oh, she was like, on come the ready. at her. Yeah, she was ready. <laughs> She was on the ready. Um, and if, let me tell you something. That scene, and I think episodes like this is is what reminds me why it is so important uh, when you are casting. Because people, you know, have this idea that, oh, when you're casting superhero shows or comic book you know, adaptations. You don't. You don't need to re- get a really good actor as long as they mm. as long as they're cute and and they yeah. know how to shoot. And no, no, no. This uh, one really showed it. 
Yeah, Sebastian Stan was like, I'm going to show you why they cast me as Bucky, okay? (laughs) (laughs) And I got to tell you, so she's reciting those same trigger words. And I think the thing with Bucky is that I think he was afraid. I think he was afraid that it it might still work. And she, yeah, she recites the words and nothing happens. Um, And so basically she's like, you're free. But it was interesting that she said that he was free. Right. Mm -hmm. And during all while um, she's saying these words, I love how the camera was focused on Bucky's face because he was terrified. I think he was terrified. And also. I think we we forget that, you know, even though this idea of brainwashing, brainwashing by Hydra is sort of like a, you know, it's a comic book trope. Right. Or it's a it's Mm -hmm. a trope. But I think what I loved about Bucky's story arc throughout the MCU is that it is a very, it has very real world consequences. Like we forget, like, yes, he was cool as winter soldier, but he killed people and he murdered mm-hmm. people, innocent, not so guilty and guilty. Um, and he has to live with that. And I, and I, yeah. and I, we've said this and I, I love the fact that the, M, that Marvel, um, holds him accountable. They're like, yes, this very awful thing happened to him. And no, it was, it wasn't, it was done against his will, right? I mean, they yeah. hydra brainwashed him. Um, and, but we have to think about the fact that this was a man who was physically, emotionally, and mentally tortured. He was twisted into that persona mm-hmm. that was that was never who bucky was right because right. go back to, to first avenger there's a reason and you said this there's a reason why he was steve rogers best friend yeah yeah because steve could yeah. see his heart was just like his when they yes, were growing up absolutely and he was always the one you know standing up for steve when you know they were bullying him or whatever he was like mm-hmm. you're gonna get <laughs> you stop getting beat <laughs> you know what i mean but he yeah. was just and it, it's 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 a it's such a tragic story to see how someone's so good with good intentions um and, and then twisted to just be so twisted and they never erase that they don't try to whitewash it it's like and he has to live with these consequences and and the thing with the dora is yes while shuri and the wakanda and the wakandan tech um definitely lifted that brainwashing he is still left with those memories and i think that's what's so compelling because if they had done the easy storyline of oh we're just gonna wipe his memory clean so that it'll just be the good bucky i don't think his character would be as compelling what do you think i i agree i agree i mean like you were saying, he actually he did these things. He may be innocent because he was under control, but he physically did these things. Right. So he has to live with this. Mm-hmm. And it really reminds me, I mean, we talked about my military career earlier, mm-hmm. but I mean, it really reminds me of what a lot of us that served in the military kind of have to reckon with when we mm-hmm. get out. And right. I mean, depending on what you did while you were in, but you have to come, you have to confront this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it it definitely uh, reminds me of that, and and I think that's why him and Sam kind of have like this, you know, this this brotherhood that even though they try to fight it, because Sam has experienced that, but he, Sam has also tried to help other people through that, and I think Sam has been trying to help him on the low through that ever since they met each other. Right. Right. Oh my gosh. It was just, I just felt for him. And then when, when Io said that to him where he, she was like, well, you're free, mm-hmm. but the, t- like, just the acting, like yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's tor- he is still tortured. Like it, that was a flashback from five years ago, five, six years ago, and still modern day. 
he's still wrestling. And this is five year post blip. You know what yeah. I mean? And so yeah. he's he's still wrestling with these things. And I did want to bring this up because there's a couple of things that I want to talk about before we go into the rest of the episode, because I want to tell justice because this was driving me crazy. Um, okay. I, we've been seeing some conversations on Twitter where people are comparing Bucky and Wanda. So I'm going to try to be mm. as, as sensitive here as possible, but let, let's lay out all the cards. Okay. Um, there's this, I, there's this, um, this argument or this debate that there is a double standard in the way that people empathize with Bucky versus the way that people empathize with Wanda, right? Wanda mm-hmm. did bad things and she has blood on her hands. Okay. Cause people would be like, Oh, Westview, she didn't kill nobody. Okay. <laughs> she physically restrained them and brainwashed right. them like Bucky. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she was on some Hydra shit, right? She's she's just <laughs> well, I mean, she was taught by Hydra. So thank I mean, you. Thank you. Hey. And yeah, so she wasn't she was just using her skills, you know, how she was taught. And so mm-hmm. um, so there anyway, there's been this debate of, well, you know, um, there's more sympathy for Bucky. Um, versus the, you know, the sympathy that we, you know, that the the lack of sympathy that's been shown to Wanda. And of course, I've, I've got these white women in my mentions talk about, oh, you know, it's a double standard and mm. it's misogyny. And I'm like, all right, let, let I, yeah, I'm getting on my nerves. So let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's unpack this. Okay. Let's be very clear. I'll, I'll just say, and then I want to hear your input. Okay. Number one, while they have similar stories in the fact that Wanda and Bucky were both agents of Hydra and were enforcing and working for them. Let's be very clear on something, okay? Wanda and Pietro volunteered, okay? <laughs> they went yeah. to Hydra and they were like, yes, you can experiment on us and we can be, you know, you can use us as weapons of mass destruction, right? Mm-hmm. And I, let me be clear, I'm not. I'm not dismissing the trauma that led to that because there's a very real reason why Wanda and Pietro uh, decided to do that, why they decided to be agents of Hydra. It's because of what happened to their parents. Their their whole family, their parents were killed. It was a stark bomb, two days. And yes, I, I, I can absolutely empathize with that. And yes, absolutely. These things will make you, that kind of trauma can really put you on a really dangerous path, right? Definitely. But that being said, they still volunteered. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Bucky mm-hmm. did. And please go back to uh, First Avenger if anybody wants to debate us on this. On First Avengers, this was a mission where it was Steve, Bucky, and it was the Black Soldier uh, played by Derek Luke, where his yep. sort of like his his team were trying to intercept um, this speeding train that had a whole bunch of Hydra weapons. And during the mission, uh, Bucky fell from the train, yep. and and it was a deep ass fall. So I was like, yeah, he died. You know what I mean? <laughs> and we come to find out when we watch Winter Soldier that Hydra had recovered him. They cut off his arm. Um and brain we saw this. They brainwashed him. Bucky yeah. did not go in there like, "Oh, I want to be an agent of Hydra. I want to be a murder bot." For you guys, no. That was probably had to be days and months of conditioning because you in order to brainwash somebody you have to basically strip them of their humanity and strip them of everything that they are that they fundamentally believe in and then mm-hmm. you insert your belief systems and what yes. they want right and yep. he ha- and he had no control over that so i just want to say there's a major difference between that now yes there is some mis- there is definitely some misogyny involved when women do 
maybe less than moral things, right? Like we hold women characters to a higher moral ground. I agree mm-hmm. with that. I agree with that. But what I am going to say is that we can also talk about white women fragility and yes. white women tears when white women do shitty things. And and we can also talk about, the, you're talking about the double standards between Bucky and Wanda, but let's talk about the double standards between women of color and white women. That when mm-hmm. white women do less than charitable things and when they do wicked things, they're cool. They're a feminist icon. And when women of color do something or black women, especially darker skinned black women, they're radical, they're radicalized, right? They're Mm -hmm. demonized. Right. And so I was just like, "Mm, yes, but no, (laughs) like I I can ride with y'all for like half of the argument. Like, yes, there is definitely a uh, double standard as far as what's good. But and, and I tweeted about this a couple of days ago that it was very interesting to me that during the run of WandaVision, viewers were very invested in this idea that Wanda was being, was a puppet that she was being controlled Mm -hmm. by, by a higher power. Like, Oh, Wanda. I mean, yes, there was the song Agatha. It was Agatha all along, which was tongue in cheek, but it wasn't Agatha. Agatha didn't have nothing to do with it. She was just an opportunist where she was like, Oh, all right. (laughs) Yeah. She was just an accelerant, you know, she was helping her do what she already wanted to do. Exactly. Exactly. And and it was it was just so fascinating to me how people were so invested in Wanda being controlled. And again, that goes back to white woman victimhood and white woman fragility that somehow this woman that woman, because let me be clear, Wanda is a woman. All right. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, you can't have it both ways, because on one time, on one hand, people want to argue that, well, you know, uh, Wanda is oh, she's younger. She's a kid. Isn't that what they say? She's a kid. Yeah. She's a girl. But I was like, uh-uh, this, she has a relationship with Vision, okay? Right. So she, as far as I'm concerned, that woman is an adult, okay? <laughs> you 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 whipped up your dead robot husband and made, and whipped up two, fic, you know, fictional kids, fictionalized kids. As far as I'm concerned, I look at her, as far as Wanda in WandaVision, that was a whole ass adult. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Well, I, I wanted to get your thoughts because I know you've been seeing these conversations. You know, too. my biggest thing is I think the difference is when has Wanda, Wanda trying to work her way through her issues, mm-hmm. she brought in a whole city of people mm-hmm. without, you know, without their permission. So she's supposedly trying to work her way through everything she's going through but Mm -hmm. in doing that she captured a whole city and kept kept people hostage whereas uh bucky he's i mean he's really trying to work his way through it i mean Mm -hmm. he had to go to counseling because he was forced to but even before then he's he's been trying to work his way through this without hurting others Mm -hmm. um so i feel like that that's like one of the biggest difference to me like when is wanda really going to work her way through it without bringing other people in and hurting them. I mean, she's just hurting more people. Listen, uh, you know, there's the saying, hurt people, hurt people. Exactly. Which is is really just a cop out for a lack of accountability, because that's also what I said, you know, in my thread is the fact that it can, two things can absolutely be true at the same damn time. Mm -hmm. Wanda is absolutely traumatized. The death of her parents uh, the death of her brother, seeing the destruction of her country, Sokovia, right? And then uh, falling in love with Vision. And then that scene in Infinity War, oh my God, where she kills him. And then uh, and then uh, Thanos rewinds it 
<laughs> and she has to do it again. And she has to do it again. I mean, that's awful. And that is terrible. And again, I am not dismissing her pain and I'm not dismissing her trauma. But it can also be true that people who are traumatized and in grief can also be shitty people. And they can do yeah. shitty things to people because of that grief. And then it's like, it's a lack of accountability. Well, I'm just X, Y, Z. But here's 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 the truth of it, right? Everybody's mm -hmm. walking around with trauma. Yeah. Everybody is walking around with their respective traumas. And the question as an adult is how do I manage this trauma without hurting the people I love? And you bring up an excellent point about the differences in the way that Bucky and Wanda are handling. They both, mm -hmm. they've both done horrible things. Let's be clear. The yeah. other difference is that one person is trying to make amends for it and the other is not. Let's nope. be very clear about that. And I've always said this um, as far as Wanda. I was like, I would be more comfortable. Like if we're talking about this double standard, I have no problem if Marvel or MCU is like Wanda's a villain mm -hmm. or someone in the gray. I have no problem with that. At, at least oh, like say it with your chest. OK, yeah. <laughs> like like Hela was like the MCU's first female villain. Right. Mm -hmm. And the one thing I loved about Ragnarok is that Taika did not pull no punches. He was like, that chick over there, that's a villainess, okay? <laughs> now, mind you, she had reason to have beef, right? Because, you know, you... Right. You know, helped your father. You know, uh, you know, conquer all of these, 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 you know, kingdoms and wealth and whatever. And then one day he's like, "Okay, goodbye," and I'm gonna have this little blonde-haired Jesus-looking baby. Yeah, mm, I'd be upset. Mm -hmm. I'd be freaking upset too. So yes, Hella had justification, but it did not right. excuse what she did. And mm -hmm. I don't feel that Taika pulled any punches. He was like, "This is the villain," and that's it. And he didn't. He didn't use her gender as a way to excuse her behavior, if, if that right. makes any sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like there's definitely some shades of that, of sexism and whatever. But ultimately, the choices that Hella made were hers. And she's a villain. And I have no problem with female villains. I actually love female villains because that means you are standing in your truth. I'm a shitty mm -hmm. person and I do shitty things. <laughs> <laughs> but Wanda, on the other hand, I felt like they were trying to sell us like she's like this torture. And I was like, mm -mm, that doesn't work for me because it's especially in the end, she walked her little narrow behind right out that town and she didn't say boo to yeah. those people. I was yeah, like, wow. That's the thing. Like, I feel like she hasn't had the, had her reckoning yet. Where, whereas I feel like Bucky has, and he's still trying to work through it. Right. Right. So I think, I think it's important to, to, to make the distinction that when people do horrible things, the question is, do, are they trying to make amends? Are they trying to, have some sort of reckoning, as you said. And I, I do feel like there is a reckoning, like we said in, in the uh, podcast previously. There's a reason why Bucky is not Captain America and a reason why Steve did not give him the shield. Mind mm -hmm. you, that's his exactly. best friend. Let, let's think about this. Steve and Bucky <laughs> have been friends for over 90 years. Well, not over 90, but they're old, right? They've been friends right. for a very long time. Um, and he was like, you're my best friend but you ain't ready to be Captain America. <laughs> that, but that, but again, that shows you the moral goodness of Steve Rogers is that he was, he, he was not biased by his friendship with Bucky, even knowing everything that he had. And he defended Bucky like almost to the death against Tony. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's my friend. But at the same time, he can say, while I would lay my life down for you, you ain't getting this shield. <laughs> yeah. And look, that's and, what... Right. 
Yeah, I was going to say, and that's what we were talking this morning. I said Steve's superpower was being incorruptible. He's, mm. he's not infallible because Steve made mistakes, but Steve was open to learning from his mistakes. But he's incorruptible. He has his his core, and he always sticks to his core no matter what. Mm-hmm. I, I love what you're saying there because I, I think there's a, a huge distinction, and I think this is why the MCU's version of Steve Rogers, and especially with Chris Evans, is so compelling to me, is that they never made him like the Yahoo red, white, and blue I'm a, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a patriot and whatever. It's like, as each MC, uh, each consed- consecutive MCU movie, we saw Chris, uh, we saw uh, Steve start to question authority. Yeah. And was like, mm, I don't really, and you know, with S.H.I.E.L.D., I, I think he said that in Winter Soldier. He was like, um, when he went to visit Peggy in the uh, nursing home, he was like, the only reason, half the reason I'm even in S.H.I.E.L.D. is because you founded it. Like, yeah. so, so already he was disillusioned <laughs> with shield and i think that goes back from the first avengers movies when he saw that you know shield's agenda wasn't what he thought it was you know what i mean so yeah, yeah and and i agree with that and i you know and i think um that was a theme that seemed to run throughout the episode right it's this question of would you take the super serum if you mm, could right yeah. Be- because the super serum represents so many things, right? It's about power. It's about privilege. It's about access, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what's so fascinating about this episode is when that question is posed to each and every character in this episode, the answers are varied. And I think the answers give you an insight into the person, if that makes yeah. any sense, right? It's funny that, it's funny that yeah. you say that because mm-hmm. I didn't really think about it until you said that. But I mean, Zemo asked Sam... Yeah. You know, Zemo had his own chance to get it, and he he did what Zemo would do. He he's trying to get rid of this stuff, right? Which you know, as much as I can't stand Zemo, mm-hmm. that one part of him is like the truth. You know, the, I didn't know the, you hated <laughs> Zemo. <laughs> so laughing. I, I do. I don't. I mean, I guess hate is a strong word, but you don't like I mean, <laughs> yeah, because I know what I know. He's like just he's gonna like really do something tragic. Like, Absolutely. I feel like next episode, he's going to do something that's going to make me, like, really hate him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, basically in this episode, it's it's the, a race against time to find Carly Morgenthau because we know that uh, they took seven of the serums. Her group is seven of them. They took the serum. And so they had at least another 12, 13 or something like yeah. that, right? They still had more um, serum left. Um, and so, yeah. So uh, when Bucky, so going back to the beginning, Bucky and Io uh, are in the alley and Io basically gives him <laughs> a time. He's like, I'm going to give you eight hours, you know, cause she's like, how could you release this guy after everything of the hospitality that we showed to you in Wakanda and this is how you pay us mm-hmm. back? Just like a white man. <laughs> and she, he was like, nah, it's a means to an end. And she was like, all right, I'm going to give you, was it eight hours? I think it was eight, eight hours. hours. Yep. And, eight and hours. that's it. And I was like, and you know, she's not giving you eight minutes and one not second. Not a second more. No. That's it. <laughs> and so, yeah. And so it's basically, a, a they they track down Carly. Um, And, you know, the thing with Carly, I, Carly is more highlighted in this episode. And I did want to talk to her, uh, talk about her because um, the end of episode three, we were able to see how far she was willing to go to, accomplished you know the the, the means to her end right mm-hmm. like she's radicalized now this is not just some right. um, you know ha- twitter hashtag like hey <laughs> you know fuck the grs or whatever yeah. no she was like yeah, I'm, she's I'm, all the way in 
yeah, I'm dropping bodies, <laughs> blowing mm-hmm. up buildings. And she's like, you know, it is what it is. And I wanted to, I, I did want to ask you, because when I was looking at Carly, because I, I want to go to the scene where Carly and, and Sam talk to each other, engage each other. Um, mm-hmm. To me, uh, Carly reminds me a lot of, a, a lot like Killmonger. I say a lot of Killmonger vibes in Carly. I can see that. I can mm-hmm. see that. I uh, I think they're they're a lot alike in the message they're trying to get out. You know, their methods are very different. I feel like Kill, Killmonger was a lot more radicalized mm-hmm. than Carly was, even though I feel like Carly may be getting there now. Yeah. But one thing that I never felt about Killmonger that I do feel about Carly is mm-hmm. like what happens in this episode. I feel yeah. like Carly might actually like learn from it mm-hmm. between what happened in the episode and her conversation with Sam. I feel right. like there's still some good in her. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that still could be tapped where I feel like Killmonger, not that Killmonger was bad. I just feel like he was just like fully radicalized. And I don't know if he could have ever been pulled back all the way. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, he made his thing. Yeah. And again, it's like, it's like these sympathetic, morally mm-hmm. ambiguous characters. And it's like, and it, it just takes a tip. It just takes something to tip you to one side or the other. Yeah. Right. They're, yeah. they're walking and it'll be one. It's like you said, either she's going to see the error of her ways or see that she needs a different way, or she's just going to lean into it and then too far gone. And so right. what's, what's interesting is uh, there is one scene before that I, I want to talk about. This was when, Zemo, Bucky, and Sam were talking about Carly because Zemo is on a is basically on a mission where he was like, we gotta take her down, right? Mm-hmm. And I loved what Zemo said. Zemo, let me see if I can find <laughs> this saying. He said that uh let me see if I can find it. I have it. The, one, oh, the, have the it? desire to become a superhuman cannot be separated from supremacist ideas. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I was like, oh, we're going there. Okay. Okay. Now, again, like you, I'm not a fan of Zemo, but I understand where he's coming from. I get. I what totally he's understand. From. Yeah. He had me he, like hmm. he had me doubting myself for wanting to have superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's what it should be, right? Because yeah. when he said that, I was thinking about Alan Moore, right? He's the creator of The Watchmen, mm. and he's he's written a lot of these very iconic comic books and that's something that is an ongoing conversation that alan moore has been saying is that the comic book genre in itself is about white male supremacy Mm -hmm. superman batman captain america you name it you know what i mean he was like there is a certain type of supremacy that's there look at x-men right oh you have a you have a mutation and it gives you certain powers right and so it's this whole thing that's why magneto like magneto's just like well mutants are better than humans and you know what i mean and so it's it's this idea of it's not a level playing field right now Mm -hmm. here's the thing about zemo though i did notice when they had a conversation and zemo asked sam would you take the super serum and sam said no and i actually believe sam Mm-hmm. And I think, and I think that just for, I think this episode just really proved why Sam Wilson needs to be, why Steve picked him as Captain America. It was just like a thesis. Like, these, this is, this is my PowerPoint presentation as to why <laughs> Sam should be. This is why I chose Sam. <laughs> this is why, like, Sam has just been showing episode after episode, like his moral fortitude. Like he has not been broken. Whatever he see, he's like, I'm going to stay on this path. Like, this is what we're going to do. And, um. Yeah. So anyway, Zemo asks Sam, would you take the super serum? And Sam says no. And then 
Sam asked Zemo, would you take it? I think. And then, of course, Zemo is like, no, I'm not going to take it. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. He's already made it clear how he feels on a super serum. But then I was looking at Zemo and I was like, well, of course you don't need the super serum because your superpower is that you're a white rich man. Mm. Right? Well, yeah. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm, that's the one of the most powerful things on this planet. Very. And that, that outclasses any super serum mm-hmm. and super soldier serum. If you've got money, like Jeff Bezos, yeah. listen, Captain America ain't got nothing on him, okay? <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Because, you know, if Je- I mean, if this was a, if we had a comment where there was like some sort of uh, Jeff Bezos type villain in Captain America, Captain America would be in trouble, like, because mm-hmm. he could easily pay people to fuck him up. You know what yep. I mean? Like, yes, he has superpowers, but he's not immortal. Like, he could die from a bullet. He could die if you blow his brains out. You know yeah. what I mean? And so I just thought it was funny that while Zemo is right about what he said about having superpowers is a sort of supremacy, but I was like, yes, but having money, because I'm sure if we dug into Zemo's uh, family tree, we all know that great wealth is always on the back of oppressed people. Mm, There's no yes. such thing as clean wealth. So I'm sure Definitely. if we dig deep enough in Zemo's, you know, whatever, um, we would, genealogy, we'd, we'd find some really dirty, you know, whatever. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So basically they go to try to find Carly um, <clears throat> and then Sam, uh, through uh, Zemo's little, re- you know, recon, they are able to find Carly and Sam basically says, and then by the way, John Walker and uh, uh, Battlestar uh, find him and they're like, okay, we're going to, Talk to Carly. Of course, John Walker is the hothead. Mm-hmm. I really, I really fucking like. I give you guy. ten minutes. Ten I can't. Minutes, stand and that's I it. can't stand him. Can't stand him. <laughs> and they were like, and Sam was like, "Listen, I've dealt." He was like, and that thing that I love about about Sam. This is another observation that I made, and I wanted to talk to you about this. The conversation that Zemo, Sam, and Bucky were having about Carly. Mm-hmm. Zemo was like, "We got to take her down. This is wrong." I don't like her. Let's get rid of her. She's dangerous and we got to get rid of her. And then Sam is like, well, she's a kid. Like she's, you know, he was like, I understand where she's coming from. I don't agree with her methods, but I think we need to reach out to her. She's not, she's not out of reach where we can't pull her back from the brink. Right. You know what that reminded me of? That that? That reminded me of civil war between Tony and Steve when they were fighting over Wanda. Same exact thing. Tony Tony was like, she's a weapon. All right. This little, you know, she's a weapon. She's leveling buildings. She's doing this. She's doing that. Although, of course, Tony will never own his own shit because you created Ultron. But let's not go there. Um, (laughs) Right. But then he was like, no, Wanda is, you know, she's she's a weapon. And Steve was like, no, she's a kid. And you'll note and you'll notice during Civil War, Steve was continually advocating for Wanda in a way. And we can also talk about how white women are infantilized, right? Again, what I was mm, saying earlier about how mm-hmm. white women are not held accountable for what they did. Um, was it an accident when she killed those workers in uh, Lagos, the Wakandan um, volunteers, where she accidentally blew up the building? Yes, it was technically an accident, but you still kill people, women. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like you, 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 your powers, like you, you weren't ready yet. Like you know right. what I'm saying, and. Right. That's not what the families of these victims want to hear. You know what I'm saying? Um, exactly. 
And yeah, and so she never was never she was never really held accountable for that. If you really think about it, Wanda wasn't held accountable for that shit. And she's lucky the door didn't come for her ass. Um, <laughs> and so and yeah, and so it was just sort of like it was to me it was sort of like a reflection of that. So now the idea of Carly, in a way, uh, Zemo sees her as weaponized, right? And mm-hmm. uh, Sam is in Steve's place. Steve's proxy. I was just watching this scene. I was like, wow. And yeah. I'm sure the writers had done their research because you'll see a lot of echoes from former MCU films. And a lot. Certain- You'll see that, right? And so that replication of like advocating for this girl was very interesting. Now, my question is, when I look at Carly Morgenthau, the actress who plays her, I've been trying to figure out, is she a woman? Is she mixed race? Is she white? I'm not sure. Because if she's a woman of color, that changes the context of who she is as a person and, mm-hmm. and what she's been doing. And I'm pretty sure she's mixed, but I know we, you were trying to get some more information on that. I'm pretty sure she is. She definitely reads as that to me. Uh-huh. But, but okay, yeah, so, how, how does that change it for you? Okay, you so, you're, so you are saying that she's mixed race. Okay, so people are saying that someone said she's mixed race, biracial. She was in Solo. Exactly what okay. you told me. Okay, mm-hmm. so if she is mixed race... Okay, so mixed. Her dad is black British. These are his siblings. All right, so now we can talk. The (laughs) fact that Carly is a mixed race, biracial woman makes it interesting to me because the fact is now you have Sam, who is a black man, advocating for a mixed race woman, for a woman Mm -hmm. of color, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas before we saw in Civil War, we had these two white men who were fighting over Wanda, who is white. Right. She just is. I'm sorry. It yeah. is what it is. I mean, even though in the, she's supposed to be Romani, but that's not the representation that we got in, right. um, you know, in the casting of Elizabeth Olsen. That girl is white, like pilgrim mm-hmm. white. So <laughs> I do think the fact that Carly, that the fact that Carly is a woman of color does change to me the context of what she's doing, because revolutions, right, have mm. always been in the hands of black women, yes. right? Yes. And I, I don't play the, oh, she's half black. She's not really black. No, she's black. I'm going to just say she's black. Um, if, if we take it that she's a mixed race black woman, let me be more specific. She's a mixed race black woman. What she's doing, her motivations are just different to me, right? Yeah. Because what Carly is really challenging is white male supremacy. That is what mm-hmm. she's doing. She's like, you guys have all the power. And let's talk about the fact that you have a black mixed race woman who now has a super serum in her system. We've never mm-hmm. seen that, right? No, we've, we've, no. we've we've had Isaiah Bradley, who's a black man, who's had it, but now we have this mixed race woman who has that power, who has that power, and so that leads us into this conversation when Sam, uh, when Sam, John, Bucky, and all of them decide to confront her, and Sam was like, "Okay, let's stand down. Let me talk to her." John was like, "Already like to fuck her up," and Sam was like, "Sit your ass down. I'll go in there. I've dealt with you know he because Sam is like she's dealing with trauma. This is clearly right. somebody who's." dealing with trauma let me talk to her right Mm -hmm. again which is kind of like shades of monica rambeau and wanda let's Mm -hmm. put a in wanda vision let's and let's see how those played out okay so sam goes and he talks to uh he talks to uh uh, carly to try to because they they're at the funeral of uh the her grandmother or whoever it was. I forget what her name was. Yeah, it's kind of like the mother figure for all the people that were in the camp. Yes, yes. And so what did you think of that conversation? Because I loved it. I really loved that scene. Yeah, the conversation was fantastic. And it it felt like it was just like it kept they kept challenging each other. Carly would say something, 
and it would challenge some of Sam's ideals. But then, of course, Sam would just come right back mm-hmm. and and say something to challenge Carly, and they were just kind of like playing off each other so so amazingly. I could have watched that probably for like another ten minutes. Yes, and and I loved it. And the thing, and I think that scene particularly highlighted. I have to say that this show makes me love Sam more and more. You know me. Yeah, I was me very too. I was very <laughs> indifferent on the movie side of the MCU. I was like, all right, Anthony Mackie. Um mm-hmm. but this series it's like you're really going into a deep dive into what makes Sam ticks. And he was like, listen, there's just going to be more bloodshed and he's trying to find a bloodless solution or a non-violent. Yeah. So he's kind of like the MLK so to speak, right? But he's like mm-hmm. he's trying to come in he's like, listen, both both of y'all have valid points but let's calm it down. Let me talk to her or whatever. And I just love that he was challenging her ideas because Carly's like, cause she's a little spitfire, right? She was yeah. like, listen, you know what I mean? These <laughs> systems of oppression, they have got to go, you know? And she was spitting straight facts though. She was you know? though. She was, I was like, you can't sit there and be like, Carly's wrong. She mm-hmm. is. Cause she's a victim and she's, she's been, she's an oppressed minority right she's right. she's a part of an oppressed segment because we know with the grc we know from what i'm piecing together in the five years when the people disappeared from the blip people were able to cross borders go into other countries build communities with each other um and i loved what uh what uh she said i think uh she said this during the memorial service right she said for we are all one world and yes. one people so live accordingly I love her. She's like, she's like my new hero. And, you know, so she's like, you know, we're trying to create this, this world of harmony and peace. And then the people come back and then the GRC comes in and they're like, oh, all of this that y'all built, it's just invalid. Goodbye. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. They call it the patch act. That restores all of the borders and all the, the quote normalcy before the blip. Right. And I was just like, oh, no, uh, uh-uh, y'all are not going to do that. Mm-mm. And it was just, yeah. And so she was like, she definitely has a right to be upset. And she was like, um, you know, th- she's like, I'm just fighting fire with fire. That's basically her mentality. And Sam was right. like, and so Sam introduces the idea. I guess he was remembering what Zemo told him about, you know, having a being super powered as a form of supremacy. He was like, you don't see, he was like, you don't think you're a supremacist? And she was like, oh no. She was just so offended. She was like, oh, not me. I'm trying to fight and this is why I'm doing it. And he was like, and I love what he says here. He was like, you do have more of the serum, right? And she was like, yeah. And he was like, and your intention with those serum is to build your army. Right. She uh, said right. nothing. nothing. That's supremacy. That's mm-hmm. supremacy. That's mm-hmm. what it is. And it was like, because you're not trying to share that super serum to cure people of cancer. You're not using the, you know what I'm saying? Like It's, it's for like, power. It's, yeah, for, it's power. for more power. Yeah. And, and one of the things that what, what I was thinking about when I was watching this was um, when I think about Matrix, the Matrix, right? And mm-hmm. Matrix Revolutions. The whole part of the premise of the of the Matrix is is the, is the fight between the humans and the robots, right? And right. it was just the humans were on top; they were the supreme beings, and the robots rebelled, right? The AI rebelled, and then they are on top. And so this mm-hmm. fight that they've had between the humans and and the AI and the robots is really about supremacy, right? And we've right. seen that, and that's what when you talk about revolution, is that not three sixty? It's a circle, which means you start right back where you started, that you go back right through. So it's really about if you look at the history of the world, regimes that have fallen, it was like the the you know, the the oppressed would be like, We don't like this regime. They kick the regime out. Okay, a new regime comes in. 
and then they do the same fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, because they're like, well, we can do a better job, right? But then mm-hmm. once they sit in the position of power, right? Because what is it? What's that saying? Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Corrupts absolutely, yep. I mean, it. Listen, and let's let if you really, really want to take it there, I'm probably going to lose <laughs> some followers for this. We're kind of seeing this in real time, right? Are, are we mm-hmm. seeing like a lot of black activists that got their start mm. through BLM, through um, Mike Brown, Trey, you know, Trayvon Martin? A lot of them were, you know, became like these social media activists or whatever, right? right. And then once they got the book deals and the TV spots and the this yeah. and that, and I'm not mentioning no names, but there is a certain person who is seen as a black activist who just did a Cadillac commercial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, I was like, yeah, they're right. hitting so many timely topics in this show. Mm-hmm. So these people that were the, they were the ones that were on the ground saying we are fighting against white supremacy, right? So you know what white supremacy does? They were like, here's a check, and they took it, and they took it because then yeah. once you take that check, you can't talk again, you can't speak out against them. Nope. And and we've seen that a lot of time, and companies do that, like if. If you'll see, a, you could have somebody who's like, you know what? I don't like XYZ company. And they're just constantly tweeting about them, constantly tweeting about them, constantly critiquing them. You know, it's the smartest business move. You hire that person. <laughs> you hire that person because then when they sign that, uh, the confidentiality and the non-disclosure, it's in that's your, it. it's in your employment contract. You can no longer speak against them. Yeah. And that's how insidious white supremacy is, right? Or or supremacy in general is that the people that are, you just sort of absorb them and you assimilate them, right? So then they still think that they're radical and they still think they're doing the work, but they're not. Nope. They've been <laughs> at neutered all. at that point. Exactly. Exactly. And so, yeah. So I think Sam was sort of giving Carly food for thought. Like, I just really want you to think and and I love what Sam said it, because when he approached her, it was really in a spirit of humility, right? Mm-hmm. There was no aggression. He was like, "Listen." And what was interesting to me is that when Sam was trying, I I I, I caught this, and I wanted to get your opinion on this. When Sam was trying to appeal to Carly in the beginning of their conversation, and he was like, "I'm on your side." He's like, "I know what it's like. I know what it's like." And then. Mm-hmm. Carly was like, you can't possibly know what it's like. And I'm like, girl, he's a black man in America. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, um, yeah, he, uh, he, he, he like really surprised me. And mm-hmm. I mean, he can, he can relate to her on, I think a couple different levels, not only, you know, being the black man in America thing, but then also feeling that, that pressure that comes with the position, you know, she's, she kind of like the head of this group trying Mm -hmm. to take care of all the people that were, you know, the people that stayed. And now, now they're kind of like refugees because they're being run out of these countries. Mm -hmm. They were welcomed into during the blip. Mm -hmm. And Sam was kind of going through through the same thing when he was given the shield, you know, it's kind of like this, that same thing where he's, he was like, struggling with the pressure of what am I going to do being this, you know, this symbol for Mm -hmm. this country after Mm -hmm. Steve, who, you know, is he's not perfect, but he's about as close as perfect as a person as we get. And I feel like he relates to her on that level too, of that struggle. Right. Right. I'm like, girl, cause um, there was an earlier scene when Sam was trying to track down Carly and he found one of the, 
you know, people. And Carl, and I think uh, Sam had said something about being refugees. And the this guy, I guess he was like the one taking care of the kids. He was like their de facto teacher or whatever. Oh, yeah. I, lo- I loved what he said here. He said, we're not refugees for we have nothing to seek refuge from. We are, mm. we're internationally displaced persons for what yeah, it's worth. Was- yeah, and I he was, was like, spot on. right? Because that's what's going on in Eastern Europe, and, and we mm-hmm. see all of these things happening in real time. And if you want to really take it, take it, take it, take it back, that totally applies to enslaved Africans. Mm-hmm. We're Amer- black Americans, absolutely. In Amer- we're displaced persons. We we're trying to carve a place in America, although white, you know, racist white people are like, no, <laughs> go back mm-hmm. to Africa. Yeah. But then Africa's looking at us like, uh, uh-uh, uh, no. Yeah, yeah. Certain parts, not all of them. Certain parts are just like, no, we don't claim you. We don't, you know, because unfortunately, I've, I've, I've been, uh, I've had access to certain conversations where certain people, you know, from Africa who just look down on Black Americans, if especially if you had, you know, slaves or enslaved people as your ancestors. You know what I'm saying? And so, Black Americans, in a way, we we are displaced. We didn't ask to be bought here. You know what I mean? Like, at least, yeah. Go ahead. It doesn't get. No, I was going to say it doesn't get more displaced than that. You know mm-hmm. that 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 is a, the the ultimate displacement right there, being right. brought from one one continent to another, Hello? and then trying to make your way. Mm-hmm. You know. So I was just like, girl, you need to. I was like, the fact that she wasn't that she was so smart on so many other things, but that she didn't. She wasn't clicking on that, right? But again, right. it could be it could very well be be because she was looking at Sam through the lens of you have male privilege. While Sam is black, and that and that's sort of like this tightrope that black men in America ride, right? Mm-hmm. And the fact that yes. you have male privilege, but you're also a black man, right? And right. and and that you know what I mean? And that puts you in danger. There's a certain protection in being a man, but there's a absolute danger in being a black man right when you exactly. walk out the door and they, they see you as a, since mm-hmm. in many places we're looked at you know looked at as animals and you know mm-hmm. overpowering and all those things so you have that baggage thrown on you exactly exactly which is why i think that was another reason why sam really came at her like really chill like he was like i'm not trying to be aggressive I'm not you know what i mean so i'm thinking mm-hmm. there might be there might have been something there um but yes so let's get to when the ish got real okay <laughs> they get back to the hotel room and remember there was a time there was a time a time limit right the door Milaji were like uh yeah <laughs> eight hours and then <laughs> sam bucky and <laughs> sam bucky and Zemo are busy debating and all of a sudden you just see a Oh, and then John Walker and Battlestar were also there. So all the men's were in the room. And all of a sudden, you just see a spear. <laughs> yes. yes, Fly yes, out. yes. What, what was the saying? And so uh, I think, I forget if it was John or somebody who asked the door, like, yeah, it was John. He stuck to them, all yep. in his white male privilege. And he was like, what are you doing here? And then I think, what did she say? She was like, the Dora Milaje have jurisdiction wherever we oh, are. Yeah. I didn't write that one down. Yeah. Man, yeah. man. Man, she was like, mind your business, basically. <laughs> yeah, and then when he went up and, you know, <laughs> smacked her on the shoulder, like, if that is not the most, you know, like, man invading a woman's space without her permission thing Preach ever. on it. Preach on it. <laughs> Preach on it. And, when- and, here, and let, let, me, let, me, let me blow your mind. That's uh-huh. a recall to Black Panther when... Oh, that's uh, right. When he touched... Uh, 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 Okoye, 
on the yeah. shoulder. Remember what was the, the agent? Move agent? or shall be moved thing. Yeah. Yes. No. No. Well, there's that. But no, this yeah. was in Black Panther. This is when they had caught oh, Black Claw. Panther. Yeah. This is when they had caught Claw, and he was in the interrogation room. So on the other side of the window, of, of the, oh, you yeah. know, because it was two sided window, it was T'Challa, Okoye, Okoye, and what was the name of the agent? The white guy? I forget what the name. Oh yeah. I can't remember the guy his from name. The Hobbit. I can't. Yes, remember Yes. Yes. I can't yeah. remember his name. Um, Everett. Is it Everett? Something. I and, think so. I think yeah, that's right. And he touched while they were. He didn't mean I. I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put any assertions on. But he did touch Okoye on her shoulder. And okay, she I'm, I, looked I didn't at him. remember that one. Yes, and she looked at him, and she was like, and she spoke in Wakanda, and she was like, "If you ever touch me again, I will rip your arm <laughs> off." And I was like, "Child," <laughs> she was like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, I don't." Wait, did he touch T'Challa or did he touch Okoye? I'm trying I want to wanna say he tried to touch a T'Challa, but I don't. Okay. Re- I don't remember quite clearly yeah he touched one of them and that mm. and, and and that to me was a recall of that scene of how i wouldn't be surprised how white men have like or white people have like this they have like this uh artificial uh familiarity mm. with black people the way that mm-hmm. white people like to touch black women's hair right yes yes oh yeah yes. don't touch my hair okay yes. <laughs> don't do that there's plenty of stories or yeah or, or i'm sure you have a mixed race daughter i'm sure that there were white people mm-hmm. trying to touch your baby all the time yeah they did they tried there you go they tried there yeah. you go whereas they wouldn't do that to a white baby right but because right. they see that she's mixed race and they see you oh that's your and then they're just looking at her like ah mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so yeah so he oh john walker he touched her shoulder and Ayo <laughs> gave him those hands. Well, actually, in that case, she gave him the foot. She did. She kicked him into the spear. Can we talk about that fight scene? Because it was oh, that me was amazing. <laughs> oh my god, that was amazing. <sighs> there were so many bits of that scene that were amazing. I mean, the flip in the air yes. at the very end when they disabled the shield from him, and then the other. A Dora Milaje woman like just stomped on it and and it went on her arm the same way Cap did in the elevator scene at the end. Does somebody thank you? That's a recall. Does I need somebody to send me a screenshot of that, of that Dora Milaje with where she was like had the shield in her hand. That was so freaking that was epic, so dope. Right? Was so, so you dope. have so it's because she is like a representation of of blackness that is not imperialized, not colonized. Mm-hmm. And then she's got the most imperialistic symbol in her hand. Like what? What? <laughs> and just fucked up the person that was carrying that shield. Basically she was like, you ain't shit. All right. It was and amazing. Was... <laughs> it was amazing. Oh my God. And can we talk about how John Walker looked so hurt? Like he was like, I know these black women to just get my <laughs> Because remember yeah. what he said. Because remember what he said. He was like, they don't even have the super serum. Yeah, he was broken. He was broken. <laughs> but again, I'm gonna take it there. Is this not? It does this. Does this not play out in real time with mediocre ass white men, where black women who are smarter than them, more accomplished than them, just stunting on them? Absolutely, absolutely does. And these white guys mm. just be like, I don't even understand. Oh, you don't understand that she's an Ivy League educated PhD? Right. <laughs> with 20 right. years of experience. And you went where? State college? And what? Like, you know what I mean? That like, scene couldn't have been more than what? Three minutes? Maybe three four minutes? minutes? Yep. 
Like that was on the most amazing three minutes. I loved it. And I, I tweeted that. I was like, give the Dora Milaje their own series. Damn it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Because uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the, the Dora Milaje actually, I mean, we have the Dora and then there's a unit within the Dora Milaje called the Midnight Angels, right? Right, so right. They're so, like the special forces version, special, basically. Give it to me. Give it to me mm-hmm. with Florence Kasumba. Give it to me. <laughs> I want this I'm show. I'm here for it. I'm so here for it. And let me tell you something. Florence Kasumba is someone, because I loved how they used her in this episode. Mm-hmm. And she is somebody who has so much presence. The way she portrays Ayo. I mean, like you said, back when we saw Civil, when we saw her in Civil War. And she really was like, you know, Black Widow stepped her. And she was like, and what? <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, and I just I, if I ever get to interview her, I would love to ask her that. I was like, who do you think? I mean, unfortunately, Black Widow died, so we'll never know. I was like, who do you think would really win in a fight? I mean, it would be close, but I think that the door might have an edge. I think. I don't know. Um, yeah, I agree. Well, the, yeah. I think the cool thing about this episode is like this is really the first time, at least in that cold open, like yes. we got to see her, you know, really do some stuff. Yes. I mean, they always have her look like looking amazing and powerful, but mm-hmm. like she she really got the uh, stretch and flexed a little this episode, which was nice to see. I agree. I mean, because we did we didn't have like you know like the 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 top build actors of Black Panther in this like we didn't have Shuri or Koye or right. uh, you know uh, Lapita's character. Um, what's it, Nakia? Um, mm-hmm. but I felt like Florence really bought it. Like that was Wakanda up in this bitch. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> loved her. Loved her. She was like, and of course, in all that fight, in all that fighting, freaking Zemo slim sl- slicks Knock away. Out. You see him go into the bathroom and lock the door. Like, I'm gonna just leave yeah. these people. And I think there was like a escape hatch, like under the bathtub. Yeah, there of was. Course. They should have checked. You see, now that's back Bucky and Sam. That's bad reconnaissance. You should have checked the damn apartment yeah i'm stressed now because remember Mm. last Mm -hmm. episode when they were on the the airplane Mm -hmm. and him and sam were talking oh well actually it was sam and um sam and bucky were talking about isaiah bradley Mm -hmm. so zemo knows bradley's out there in the wind with super soldier serum so i feel like god you think he's gonna try to kill him i feel like he's gonna try to kill him oh that's why i sent that tweet out yesterday like i feel like he's gonna do something that's gonna really make us hate him and i feel like he's gonna go after isaiah we'll see but you know what it makes well i'm gonna tell you why it makes sense because in the episode when sam tries to talk to carly john and his hothead self just intercedes he just runs in there he's like it's been 10 minutes right and then this big fight happens big chase uh, Carly runs away. She's got like a a, a waist pouch <laughs> filled with the super serum. So I was like, girl, you need a save. Like, what are you yeah. doing? <laughs> um, and so Zemo catches up to her, shoots her. Um, I think he like on her side or whatever. And then when she falls, the super serum falls out of her yeah, the pouch. pouch. And so he steps on it. He was like, what's this? Oh, is that the serum? And then he just proceeds to just destroy what we think is all of the vials. And then she gets mm-hmm. away. And then John Walker comes in and he finds the last remaining damn file. Mm-hmm. And so going back to your point, it seems to reason that whoever the power broker is, right? And I'm going to put right. the American government too, right? Whoever it is, whoever it is that needs super serum. Really, the only sources left are Bucky and Isaiah Bradley. Like if you want to try to replicate it, right? Because I, I have right. a feeling, because Wilfred Nagel said that. Remember, he said that he got the sample for the super serum from Isaiah Bradley's 
blood. So right. it is. Abs- I'm, I agree with you. It absolutely stands to reason that Zemo would get on a plane and be like, well, to make sure that they don't replicate, that the power broker doesn't make more of the super serum, mm-hmm. I need to kill it at the source. That's what I'm worried about. Oh, I'm terrified. Oh, I'm terrified. <laughs> yeah, um, next episode is going to be a mess. Let me tell you something. Isaiah is going to fuck Oh, him. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to see that. I want to yeah, see how old Isaiah's going to put in some work. <laughs> but here's, here's another question. So this is where we try to do our what ifs, right? And then we'll get to the conclusion. Mm-hmm. Here's another scenario that I'm going to throw out to you. Now, we know that in episode two, when we saw Isaiah Bradley, a young black man had opened up the door, and that is Isaiah's um, grandson, Eli Bradley. And in the comics, Eli Bradley becomes the leader of the New Avengers. Wouldn't it be interesting if he's the one that beats up Zemo? <laughs> like, maybe this will really be our introduction to Eli Bradley, like, in a real way. Like, yeah, I got, I have my grandfather's strength, and let, yeah. me, put, let me work your or, ass over. <laughs> or... Yeah. Uh-huh. If that doesn't happen, yes. what if this is his origin story? What if he gets hurt uh-huh. when Zemo's coming for his his grandfather? And yeah. he had, because in the comics he gets it from a blood transfusion from from his, his grandfather. grandfather. Absolutely. So you're saying that Eli would be injured in trying to protect his grandfather, and Isaiah would give him the blood. Now that's a compelling storyline because Isaiah was like, at least let me give it to somebody in my own bloodline, as opposed mm-hmm. to the way y'all just use me as a guinea pig. Yeah. And so it, it, it creates like this legacy, right? So I, maybe we get to see that. I want to see that, that Monique. <laughs> I would <laughs> love to see that. <laughs> yeah. Because like you said, um, we're basically seeing the MCU is laying the groundwork for the young Avengers, right? Cause who do we oh, have? Absolutely. We have Eli well, Bradley. Uh huh. We got Eli. We got, a. Uh, um, Wanda's two sons, they're both yes. on the new Avengers. Oh, I fr- and they can age themselves. People are like, oh, they're yep. too young. They can age themselves. No biggie. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. They casted America Chavez. Yes, they did. They did? And yeah, they casted oh, America Chavez. Shit. Uh they they announced that during that um Oh, the Disney rollout. Whatever. Yeah, oh. the Disney rollout. Oh my god, so I they, love her. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then they cast um Miss Marvel. They did. And then we also have uh, Kate Bishop, the one who's going to be and the Kate Bishop, yeah. She's, her show's Avengers. coming out soon. Young Avengers. So, I mean, it's right there. It's right wow. there. Wow. So, he would pass on the bloodline to his grandson. Oh, I hope we grandson. get to see that. Like, yeah. I hope we get to but see I, that. I totally... Okay, so give me... A, I know you had mentioned when we were talking in our group chat, you had mentioned something about an interview that you saw with Malcolm Spellman that led you to believe that. What Can you... Give us like, yeah. just give us a recap of what Malcolm, Malcolm Spellman is the creator of Winter Soldier, by the way, and the uh, the showrunner. Yeah. The, in an interview, he said episode five was going to be like a hard hitting mm-hmm. episode. He didn't like really give too much away, but it, it just gave me the feeling like that mm-hmm. it was going to be the episode that we really dig into the, um, the Isaiah Bradley part of the story. I right. feel like he was kind of like dancing all around the outsides of it <laughs> when he was giving the interviews. So I, I, we'll find out next week. But that's yeah. just the feeling that I got is that that Isaiah is going to be the focus of this episode. I love it. And I had I just had this crazy idea and I just want to throw it by you because I remember when we did the recap for episode two and we were talking about Isaiah Bradley and you made a really good point about how we know what Carl Lumley looks like in real time. And mm-hmm. they you were you were pointing out the fact that they he looked very very old like they aged him up in this yeah. series like with the gray hair and stuff what if that's just makeup and just a damn disguise 
Oh, you know what? Just, I didn't think saying, of that. Like he's living in this Baltimore neighborhood, and he was like, "I want to be left the hell alone." And what if he, it is just prosthetics? Like he just grayed his hair, and he was just like, they "I just, just want." He wants them to think that he's old, even yes. though he hasn't really aged. Yes. That, yes, that would be crazy too. Yeah, like to kind of give America, like you know, they released him from prison, and I guess he's just like that way. They would know that I'm not a threat if I look old and whatever then they'll mm. leave me alone or whatever. But I'm just saying that scene when he, what was it? That box when he threw it at the wall? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Eh, eh. I was like, that ain't no old man. <laughs> yeah. That is not yeah. an old man. Um, oh, I mean, man. I can't <laughs> wait. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, okay. I, okay. I, I really hope that next week is the week that this happens. But he said episode five is going to be like uh-huh. impactful. Wow. So okay. I'm just like, oh, I'm trying to get ready. Because I just feel like, after episode four, I feel like they got because we've been saying that I was like, you wouldn't just put Isaiah Bradley in there for like two seconds. Like no, his, his story no. is too big, too broad and just really a part of the Captain America legacy and the story that they're trying to tell. But OK, so let's get to the ending because we need to talk about this. We have a few <laughs> more minutes. Oh, my God. OK, so we have the conclusion where Carly decides, I mean after that one attempt where everything goes wrong, something in Carly is like, I need to reach out to Sam one more time. Right. Mm-hmm. So she decides to call uh, Sam's sister, uh, Sarah, and basically was like, I need you to set up a meeting between me and, and your brother. I don't you know, I don't trust anybody, but I know if you t- give him the message, he will show up. Right. Mm-hmm. And I loved what because Carly was basically like your brother showed up with that other Captain America. So that's why I don't trust him. And I love what Sarah said to her. She says, my world doesn't matter to America. So why should I care about its mascot? like you better yeah i wrote i wrote that one down for sure i was like oh Oh, yeah we gotta talk about this one oh the the gems in this episode because let's be clear when we've seen sarah in and we said this in the in the first episode recap she has never been like she loves sam she supports sam but she was never impressed by the fact that he was an avenger she was like okay (laughs) she was like like, that's cute that's cute you got a Mm -hmm. costume that's cute you know sorcerers and you know whatever superpowered people people fly in iron suits or whatever but sarah has never really been like because i think she's one of these very and like i said i think she brings a pragmatism to the show and especially being a, a black woman she was like i know all of these things and the flying around that don't have nothing to do with me has Mm-mm. nothing to do with me. And I'm sure there's a reason. I would I would even wager that part of the reason that Sarah feels like that is because in the whole Avengers lineup, there weren't no black women. <laughs> yeah. Am I wrong? I agree. I All agree. Right. I'm just saying. I agree. I'm just saying. I mean, now we have Monica Rambeau, so I she might be a Monica Rambeau fan, I think, once she knows mm-hmm. of her. But as I was like, all this fighting, all of this, and she was like, and when she says my world, I think people really need to understand what Sarah's saying. She's talking about black people, okay? Yes. And the history yes. of black people in this country in the fact that all these fights, all of these whatever, none of these superheroes were like, I mean, I don't know, but there weren't any superheroes standing up for like the civil rights movement. Nobody mm-hmm. was showing up marching with MLK or supporting Malcolm X or whatever. They had to be their own superheroes. We had right. to, we had to be our own super. We couldn't wait for anybody to save us. It was like okay, white supremacy, slavery, lynching. Uh, you know what I mean? 
uh, mm-hmm. sharecropping. We're the ones that are going to have to do that. So we built our own schools. We built our own funeral homes. We built our own businesses. We, you know, bought our own fa- farmland, you know, just all of these things. It's like, we've never had anybody who was advocating for us like that. So the shield to Sarah doesn't mean shit. <laughs> she was like, right. Exactly. <laughs> and again, I mean, to be fair, Captain America was in ice during the civil rights movement, but <laughs> there was still there was still stuff going on in 1943. Let's be clear. So I'm not really sure what <clears throat> Steve's feelings about race were. I don't think Steve was a racist. I- I'll just say that. I, I don't right. feel that Steve was a racist, but he wasn't exactly advocating for black people either. You exactly. know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? So, I mean, like, I feel like if, if Steve walked by and he saw a, a black kid, black kid getting beat up and this is pre serum, I feel like Steve would defend him or anything like that you know what i mean yeah i agree i mean that's just steve yeah but it but it wasn't like steve was like hey black people are being oppressed Mm -hmm. (laughs) and what can i but again in 1943 the big bad was hitler right so it's just like and so there's a certain uh narrow i I don't want to say i don't want to say uh blind spot because that's ableist I'll, i'll say that there's a certain uh spot in america where it's like we've always seen like Uh, this fascination and an obsession with the Nazis, right? Which is why we have so many movies about World War II, right? And it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, Hitler was the ultimate evil. But like, what was going on back in your country? Mm -hmm. Like, you guys got on ships to fight Hitler, but then came back and was like, see a black man be like, I don't want him living in my neighborhood. I don't want him marrying my daughter. I don't want to give him a loan. You know what I mean? So it was just sort of like Hitler, America, Mm, not that much difference. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You had yeah, your own little different methods. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. You, you had your own Holocaust. Let's think about this. You kicked the Native Americans off their land and you stole their land. Then you enslaved uh, Africans and brought them here to work for free, right? Mm-hmm. And stuff. And then let's not talk about during World War II, how you like took Japanese American people and put them in internment camps. Damn it. Yes. yes. <laughs> so it's just like, all right. Um, but yeah, so at towards the end, uh, they finally catch up with Carly. Carly meets with Sam, and then stuff goes haywire. And basically, there's this uh, huge fight. And then, oh Lord, Carly, <laughs> uh, Battlestar is there. They had caught Battlestar. He freed himself, and so he walks into a fight at Sam and Bucky and John Walker. He's fight. They're fighting against the Flag Smashers, and then I think uh, Carly takes. Uh, Battlestar takes uh what was his name uh Lamar and throws him against a column and breaks his neck. Oh man! Yeah, she was going after John Walker oh. and, and Battlestar tried to go go in between them to block it. Damn it! And she kicks you know she kicked him into the column, so she didn't do it on purpose. Mm-hmm. He just happened to get in the way. Frick! Oh, that scene just broke me. I was like, and I, the thing is, I really like Lamar because I thought me too. I was thinking that maybe eventually he would see the error of his ways and be like, "F you, John Walker," and I'm gonna be over here with Sam and Bucky and everything. And but the thing is, I felt like Lamar was turning a corner because he was already questioning. Um, he, I mean, he pretty much questioned every time yeah. something was like a little sideways. So yeah, he he had his he had his own. Mm-hmm. you know, moral compass that was way different than John Walker's. Yeah, yeah. And um, so that happens and they run off and that just gets... Oh, by the way, during this battle, that's when we realized that John Walker took the goddamn mm-hmm. serum. Because <laughs> I think he bent a, a steel pipe 
And I was like, right, oh, right. The guy no. tried to hit him with it and yes. he caught it and just bent oh, it like a pretzel. Oh, yeah. So Lamar's death just, they run away and he just goes into a rage. He catches up with one of the, sl- the flag smashers. They're in the town square. And the guy is like, I didn't do it. He was like, I'm not the one, you know, because I think John was like, where's Carly or whatever? And he's like, I don't know. And he was like, I'm not the one who killed your friend. Oh, my God. And then John takes the shield and he kills this man. He just. Listen. (laughs) I wasn't ready, Robert. And that shot. I was not. That shot of seeing the shield with blood dripping on it, I was like, I'm not playing with y'all no more. Goodbye. Mm. <laughs> the look on his face when he had it, you know, both his hands raised it over his head, I was like, he's he's totally gone. I didn't think he like, was going to do totally it. totally gone. I thought they were going to you know, pull like a Disney. I thought they would pull a Disney where he would find the arrow where he's like, ah, and no, he did it. He did it like three or four times. <laughs> yeah, and then that Ooh. final shot where it's like from the ground up, and he's holding it on his shoulder with the blood. I was like, ooh. And let's talk about the fact that people recorded it on their phone. Everybody. Everybody. I mean, that's the name of the episode, right? The uh-huh. whole world is watching. Woo. <laughs> I yeah, mean, I saw, I saw the title of the episode, but I was not ready for that. And my I was goodness. just sitting like, oh, my God. But this goes back. To what Sam said in the very first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, when they were doing the dedication ceremony, when he gave Mm -hmm. back the shield, he said, it's not about the shield. It is about the person behind the shield. Right. Because the shield, because as we see in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that shield and that legacy means very different things to different people. Mm -hmm. Bucky sees it and he's like, that's my friend, Steve. That's my connection to him. And I and I feel like this, the, the shield is sort of what is holding Bucky accountable to make amends. Like, it's sort of like Mm. he has Steve's, like, he's like, I'm trying to, I want to live up to your trust in me, right? Because Steve basically put everything on the line for him. And he was like, the least I can do is try to be a good man, right? Right. Sam looks at that shield and he's like, I see a lot of oppression (laughs) and a lot of religion and a lot of blood as a black man. And and I don't, you know what I'm saying? And then Carly Yeah, he's like, I don't know what I want to do with, would I, if I want anything to do with that. Yeah, Sharon looks at it and she was like, I lost my livelihood because of that shield. Because yeah. remember, she stole it and, you know, gave it back to the street. So it, yeah. it, it means very different things to people. Carly just sees it as like, it's white supremacy. Fuck that shield. You know what I She's mean? She's like, that's outdated. It's She's outdated. She's like, it's completely outdated. Did you notice earlier in the scene where one of the guys, uh, Carly was sitting there and one of the guys was like, he called her the new Captain America. Did you catch that? Yeah, I did. I Child. did. Because he was like, uh, uh, we need he- different heroes for different times, right? And so mm-hmm. it's sort of like this this idea of Steve Rogers. Because Steve Rogers be as effective in this post-blip world. Like, what does that mean? And it was just like, <sighs> well, I mean, we could see just through the, you know, the three movie arc and mm-hmm. then, you know, mm-hmm. the Avengers series that it was getting harder and harder for him each time he left it know? he left it when yeah, he that, it yeah exactly he gave it up yeah. he was like and, but here's the thing even without the shield steve was still a hero right because mm-hmm. infinity yep. war remember they had been on the run and he didn't have the shield he was disconnected from you know whatever just his crew of people you know sam and 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 natasha or whatever but he was still there and it was fighting the good fight 
<laughs> without yeah, the shield. Yeah, he got his little Wakanda tech and he did yeah, it. Yeah, and and I think yeah, and, and 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 going back to what they were saying about the serum, because I think uh Zemo, Bucky, and Sam were talking about that, about because you know, Zemo was like the serum just makes people bad. Whereas right. and then Bucky was like, But what about Steve? And even Zemo had to acknowledge <laughs> okay well maybe not steve <laughs> yeah yeah zemo was like touche right but again you and i were having this conversation about the serum right because we know that the serum that steve took was the one that was perfected by dr erskine so basically an earlier version of the serum was taken by red skull and that's why he turned it you know whatever right. and then erskine to me because of what he saw with Red Skull, he was very, very methodical into who he was going to pick to be his, his, you know, test subject because, you know, Red right. Skull stole it. And so to me, because remember, he tracked Steve down at like a, a recruiting, right? It was like a recruiting mm-hmm. office. Their recruiting he, station. Yeah, he knew about Steve. He was like, oh, here's all the places that you applied to and, you know, it's, it's illegal. <laughs> to." But he was like, but he saw Steve's heart. He was like, the fact that you keep trying you're this little 95 pound wet dude and you want to fight this war tells me mm-hmm. that you're tenacious and you're good and every- and that's what Erskine was looking for remember the 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 commanding officer um uh Tommy, yeah, Lee, Tommy Jones Lee character, Jones character. he <laughs> wanted that other beefy dude and Erskine yeah. he was like he looked at Erskine and he was like you want this guy and Erskine was like trust me i know what i'm doing right and then it was this conversation yeah. That they had the night before Steve went into the chamber and took the super serum. And and Erskine mm-hmm. told him, he was like, listen, the the serum really just amplifies what's already inside of you. It's right. not gonna make you good. It's not gonna, it's it's sort of like the force, it's sort of like the Jedi force. It could be good, it could be evil, it could be gray or whatever. That's what it is. And mm-hmm. I feel that Erskine's, and this is we keep seeing people have been trying to replicate this super soldier serum to varying degrees of success. I think the reason why Erskine's and why Steve stands apart is because I think whatever secret recipe was in Steve's specific, I think there was a metaphysical aspect to it. Because I think mm-hmm. the other, I think there's the, the other vaccines, um, the other super serums, the, con- the, the focus was on strength, right? Make you bigger, right, make you right. stronger. But Erskine was like, no, this is a mind-body connection, right? So yeah. if you're a good person, and that's why Steve... Is the exception because he was a, a good person. It's, it goes back to what you said about him being incorruptible, but not infallible. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make right. him perfect. But to the end, I mean, you can watch all the MCU movies and put them together. You might question some of Steve's thing, like the way he went hard for Bucky. I was still like, hmm, Steve in Civil War. <laughs> but ultimately, it came from a place of good. I, I can't right. really and he's say- always open mm-hmm. to learn, too. He's, he's yes. open to listen to people when he does do something wrong. Right, right. And so it's it's just fascinating to me. Um, I have a friend of mine, um, Anthony Bresnikin, uh, who's uh, a senior writer at Vanity Fair, um, and they do recaps uh, over at the Vanity Fair podcast. And he said something that I really, really liked. And I think it was when they were recapping episode one or two. And he said, um, you know, there's been a lot of questions of if Chris Evans is going to show up as Captain America, as Steve Rogers, Steve Rogers is going to show. And he says, I think that he was like, for me, it would be better if he not if he would not. He was like, the best thing, the best gift that could be that Steve could give to Falcon and the Winter Soldier is his absence. And I absolutely mm. agree with that. Because what it does I is, agree too. Because without Steve, then people have to grapple 
with these moral quandaries, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, because the shield is there, he's not there, right? So then right. the question is like, all right, what does this mean? And yeah, and I think if Steve was, I think it would kind of interrupt the flow. I yeah. think I think the, the the point of Falcon and the Winter Soldier is for people to work their ish out and to really be <laughs> questioning like this hero worship. Right. Like where we yeah. constantly have to put people on pedestals. You know what I mean? And it's like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. And now and mm-hmm. now the symbol itself, the shield is completely soiled because Woo! that last scene. Woo! I'm thinking of all the other Captain America movies I saw. I never see Steve put no blood uh, on the shield like that. Never. Woo! Yeah. I, I could woo! be wrong. I had never I've not seen it. I don't yeah. think so. I don't no. think he's ever done it. Mm-mm. You know, and so it was just like, wow, this. And is... I saw people putting that scene side by side with him and Tony, mm-hmm. where you know, mm-hmm. you know, he he lifts it up over his head to get Tony, but then he just oh! disabled Tony. Wow, thing. you're absolutely so. Another callback. Another, another callback. Wow, I just remembered that because yeah. I was scared. For, I'm not gonna lie, Robert. I was scared for Steve for that second because he looked. <laughs> That is the most I've ever seen Steve enraged. And I was like, oh my God, he gonna yeah. try to kill Tony? Oh my God. Yeah. And yeah, that that's an excellent callback. Great call. I, I totally forgot mm-hmm. about that. And and that shows the difference between Steve and 99 Cent. And John Walker. <laughs> 99 Cent. <laughs> that is the ultimate difference is what do you do with that power? And I think the thing with Steve is that he worked really hard not to be corrupted by that power. John Agreed. is not John is Agreed. not doing that. John is not doing that at all. And I was just like, wow. So you just got yourself caught on camera murdering <laughs> someone. And so now the American government, well, I think he's going to have to go rogue at this point. Like the American yeah, government's not going to claim him. They're like, who hit? Oh no, we didn't do that. <laughs> that wasn't us. Yeah, I could see it both ways. I could see like, like the American government trying to cover it up. Mm. But I also could see that, you know, him having to go rogue. So I guess we'll see where they go with it. Wow. Yo, I... I think I'm going to have to watch episode four again. Oh, I'm definitely going to have to watch it again. <laughs> with some liquor and some a uh, joint, okay? Yes. I, need to, I yes. need to be high and inebriated. Because mm-hmm. there was just... It, I have to say that this uh, this script was written by Derek Kolstad. I have to say, out of the four episodes... I really liked episode one. I think Malcolm Spellman wrote that one because I love the tone and the setup of the series. Right. So I thought it was really good. Two and three, I mean, you know. But four... So far, yeah, this is, is the, the one is so the far. crown jewel, and I'm like, if y'all keep that same energy for five and six, and I'm gonna say this, people are gonna be like, WandaVision, who, like, real talk, <laughs> real talk, because they, yeah. they're like, listen, because listen, here's the thing, um, if you're gonna agree with Zemo with what he said about how being superpowered is a form of, a form of supremacy, then you're also gonna have to, uh, you're gonna have to accept the fact that Wanda is a supremacist, is she not? Mm-hmm. So, right, you, can't, so right. you can't you can't agree with what Zemo said and be like, oh no no no, Wanda, no, she's part of that too. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? And then the question Ooh. is, Monica has superpowers. So now the question is going to be like, how does as as a black woman who now has superpowers, how is she going to fit in that? Yeah, I mean we we don't yeah. have her, we don't have her story yet, but it'll be interesting to see that. So. Thank you so much, Robert. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this yeah. episode was a little bit longer, but there was just so much to unpack. I really love this. I, I, it was just really, really making me think. Like you said, like just the idea of you questioning, do you want powers anymore? I think that's the point. It's so good. It's so good. It really is. The acting, Sebastian Stan, 
kudos. That opening scene where he was, I was like, all right, all right, Bucky, you ain't gonna make me cry. Nine yeah, I did want to say that before. I did want to <laughs> say that before we ended that. Yes, like please. that. I mean, how many times do we get to see a male character in these superhero movies like ugly cry? Like mm. he was. That's really the first time you've seen them. You know, characters cry yeah. and stuff like that. But like he. He he had me feeling it. Like we weren't even two, three minutes in the episode and mm-hmm. he had me feeling it. There's so. so much, there's so much trauma that he's carrying around. And yeah. in that scene, it was it was the shame. It's yeah. the it's the shame of like, God, I did this thing. And knowing, like you said, like he he didn't do it willingly. He was right. brainwashed into it. But that's what to me, that is what makes Bucky to me different than Wanda is the fact that in acknowledging the awful he thing that own it. he has to own it. He has to sit mm-hmm. in it. He didn't fly away into, nope. into, into some, you know, cabin <laughs> in the woods trying to, you know, read up all the books on sorcery. He was like, no, we're going to, I have to deal with this and I have to make yeah. amends for this. I have to somehow make this right. And somehow, you know, not make Steve regret his trust in me or his confidence in me. Like I, I got to make this right. And that's all we can ever ask for. And I think that's the storyline that resonates with Bucky to me um, is the fact that even in our worst day or the, like it's, it's somehow you have to be able to have grace and empathy for yourself mm-hmm. um, and somehow yeah. try to work through that to try to be a better person. Cause sometimes people just get so s- stuck in the inner dialogue in their head that you're a bad person, you're awful. And you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it doesn't motivate them to shame. It, it leads to depression, sometimes suicide, sometimes drinking, drug abuse, whatever. And he's trying to take that inner dialogue and he's wrestling with it and he's trying to turn it into something else. It's not easy for him. And and I appreciate the writers kind of showing us that. Again, I have empathy for, for Wanda too. Don't get me wrong. I'll, I'll have more empathy for her when she has some act right Right. <laughs> and it's actually like like for me i'll be honest with you i need a scene where monica can just punch her in the fucking face and just like boom i didn't forget what you did to me in westview bitch mm, like, yeah. I'll be like okay moving on all right i forgive you wanda <laughs> you know what I mean? but to me like wanda hasn't really owned her shit yet and i think that's the difference between wanda and bucky to me it's like we do awful things and 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 the bravest thing that you can do when you do awful things is to own up to it and just yes. be like, how do I make amends? How do I not do this again? You know, and hopefully to forgive yourself because it we're yes. our, yeah. So we'll be back next Friday. Uh thank you for listening. I will I will speak to you again next Friday, Robert. Okay. Looking forward <laughs> to it. And thank you, listeners, for listening to another episode of the Spectrum Lounge. See you on the other side.